Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody, it is your co-hosts Austin Smith and John Kirby back again with another episode of the Only Podcast. As always, find us on Twitter at acsmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at the Only Colors. John, yeah. Not only are we back, but our sweet, sweet boy, the Big Puddin, Nick Ward himself, the Big Swissness. Yeah, it was. It was. It's sort of a random time for us to have a podcast, but this uh, is big news to have Nick Ward return for his junior year after foregoing uh, a possible run to the NBA. He certainly took his sweet time making the decision. Just evaluating it all. Evaluating everything. He got multiple workouts, but uh, he is back and so are we. I couldn't, honestly, I don't know if we could have gone much longer without a pod. Yeah, it was time. needed to get it all out there. We needed to vent. We needed to... Yeah. Uh, now that we we closed the chapter, the chapter's uh, closed of last year's basketball team, and and now we are going to begin scribing. Yes. The new. Yes. As we know our roster this year. Yes. Dip your pen into the ink and let us the scribe quill. away the quill. Let me pull out my my feathered quill, dude. And here we go. I'm pretty pumped that uh, this team goes from a tournament team. To, yeah. <laughs> to, to, yeah, no, 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 I have enough faith. Yeah, well. This good team goes from a tournament team to a legitimate uh, team with the potential to be in the ceiling of top four um, in, seed in the NCAA. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think um, one of the reasons why it felt like Nick Ward, like this decision just lingered forever was that A, it kind of did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he took his sweet time, as he is entitled to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that it was somebody where if they leave, you're like, ah, darn. Yep. You know, that's just, that's a guy we'd like to have back, but hey, you know, go do your thing. This was the difference between a legitimate first-team All-Big Ten, potentially, front-court player. Yep. Um a guy who everyone has clamored to play more minutes for two straight years, who finally has a open front court in front of him, mm-hmm. like, you know, goes from all this crowdedness to like, Hey, now if you come back this play as many minutes as you can stay on the floor for type thing. Like it, it, it was a difference between, like you said, you're talking middle of the pack in, a, in the big 10 to 
I, th- I think it's fair to say that repeating as Big Ten champs is now kind of officially... It's on the table. On the table, yeah. Yeah, man. This is a guy... Um, you know, he's an interesting um, front court because, weirdly, another strength is uh, the guy who will probably be backing him up. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in We'll a get bit. into that. So what we wanted to do to start here um, is... You know, now that we know that, before we jump in, okay. I want to say one thing real quick, not Do to it. interrupt you, Do but um, I think it's important. Again, we've talked about the pro, like the fact that uh, Ward, you know, took his time and and went through the process right before the NBA, you know, and waited until I think the day before the deadline to declare that he was coming back. And I, I think it's important that fans of college basketball get comfortable with players doing this. Yeah, like what he did was like i hope people are past the point where they let that bother them well, you know well today you saw um ethan happ waited until yep. today uh bruno fernando from maryland did that tyler cook from iowa yeah, uh, the kid pj washington from uh kentucky came back today i just think i hope people have now kind of now that this has been around for a couple of years have officially embraced like hey i mean charles matthews from michigan did it mm-hmm. like this whole process is so good for college basketball players. Like, think think about what this does for Nick Ward from a mental standpoint. Like, yeah, there's part of you that could think, oh, man, maybe he's just defeated. Oh, he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'd look at the other side, where now he has heard a lot of things that he's probably been told by his coaches for the last two years, yep. but he's heard it from NBA scouts. Well, that's, that's a completely different thing, right? Well, it's, I mean, a lot of the times you talk about when coaching changes and things like that, it's like, man, maybe sometimes this message, it can be the same message. It just needs to come from a different guy. And with a guy like Nick Ward, who clearly wants to get to the NBA, hearing it from, I mean, I think he had like 10 workouts. Hearing yeah. it 10 different times, probably really similar feedback. Yeah. Well, it's like when your parents are yelling at you and you're like, you don't know what you're talking about, dad. Right. <laughs> and Tom. Then, yeah. You're not even my dad. <laughs> And so then you go and you hear from someone who's like maybe your principal or somebody, and it's like you kind of need to get your act together, man. Right. And you're like, oh, man, wow, wow, okay, yeah, I guess so. So I'm optimistic that that's what's going to happen with Nick Ward, and um, I just hope that that I know when a player that maybe not everybody thinks is like ready to go to the next level declares like I'm going to test the waters. Yeah. People let that sour them. Don't let that happen. Don't hold this against Nick Ward. Just embrace him and love him like you always have and be happy that he got honest God feedback that should make him a better player. The the other piece that I'm going to be mad online about. Oh, yeah. Hashtag mad online. You know, it really bums me out when like people think it's like a really easy thing to pile on and be like, huh, this guy's testing the waters. Like, who does he think he is? And I've even seen national media guys do it. So like... um I'm not even going to say, the, the kid from Purdue Eastern, he tested the NBA waters and he had like, he averaged like three and three. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's like, who does he think he is? Like, this is a, what a joke. And it's like, okay, first of all, how is that any different than uh, a, a college freshman going into the career center and doing mock interviews? No, seriously. <laughs> yeah, how is that any different? Yeah. It's That's not, it's free. This it's, prov- you get free feedback and they can say, you know what? You are, undersized you're not strong enough like whatever it is they don't care right it's free so if you're gonna mock that a kid for going and doing it and like they're not just gonna let you do it first of all so like you and i couldn't walk in unfortunately i I tried sadly but what i'm getting at is like don't don't 
mock these kids for wanting to get feedback. That's insane. Yeah. That's an insane thing to do. It's, yeah. It's and so, so I, I, I hope everybody just is just embraces him that he's came back. I mean, we should be thrilled that he came back. So um, I just wanted to put that out there. Like, this is part of the process now. You should be thrilled that players are going and doing this type of thing from your team. So we have some new faces. Yes. Uh, six of them. Yeah. Yeah, which is, that's a lot. That's several. Five freshmen and a sophomore transfer who was on the team last year. But you probably saw his face and were like, who is that who's guy? Who's that guy? Hey, so we're going to tell you. Uh, but we're going to start um, with a freshman, and we're going to be workshopping a few nicknames here. Yes, so that's, that's an important part of this exercise. Pretty uh, much the only reason we're doing this. Yeah, well, right. We don't know what we're talking about. But I also want to give you a little background on uh, these guys, too. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna kind of introduce them to everybody, names and faces you'll become very familiar with. But, you know, we've got a couple of really good nicknames on the team. Actually, really just one phenomenal nickname. Oh, two. Big Puddin' Puddin'. and... Gird your loins for Kenny Goins. Of course. Um, but we might have a couple other really good candidates here with the, the new guys. So um, we're going to start with the guy who I think it's fair to say you will probably see, A, you're probably the most familiar with to this point, yep. and B, will probably see the most of on the court, and that is uh, point guard uh, Foster Lawyer. That's right. He, uh, you know, he's been the jewel of this class, I mean, arguably, uh, for a while. He's He's been committed forever, what it feels like. And uh, you may know him because Dane Fife's dad, dad. Uh, was his high school coach. Um, and his dad also used Foster Lawyer's dad used to coach to the Pistons for a little while, too. Seems Did you know that? Yeah. I, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the last 10 years, the Pistons haven't had a whole lot of huh. attention-grabbing things. Well, okay. While we're here, he played um, high school ball at Clarkson, back-to-back Class A state champion. He in this, if you missed my uh, barrage of tweets during the <laughs> state championship game, dude dropped forty easily. Yeah, he sat pretty much the full, full whole fourth quarter, and it is the first time. I'm not even going to look it up because I almost know for a fact it's the first time in Class A, which is the highest class in Michigan, largest schools, where there's a running clock in the championship. Yeah, that's bananas. And that team didn't have another MSU kid, Thomas Kithier, who even got to play. Right. So that was crazy. Um, he also played on All Ohio Red, which is an AAU team um, that was pretty stacked with some uh, college kids. Um, as I mentioned, they had uh, Thomas Kithier, who played high school and AAU ball. I believe Taylor Curry. Yep. Um, and a kid from, that's going to Notre Dame. Um, on the team as well. And as well as, uh, no, I think that's it. We had four guys that I had recognized for whatever that's worth. And they went seven and one in their um, last Nike uh, EYBL round robin, which is the best in the country. So, and Foster is the best player on the team. Seems like a really solid kid that could probably come in and play immediately. Yeah, I, I'm excited for him. Uh, first of all, the nickname is Foster the People Lawyer. Seems like it. Or you could just say Lawyer Up. Might be a really good way to like troll Purdue fans too. Well, especially, um, yeah. Lawyer Up. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Anything to get under Purdue fan skin. It's pretty, that's a goal. It's extremely easy. That's a goal. Well, yeah. you just have to like breathe. Right. In there. And get really mad. Gene Katie's hair is bad. The mentions will blow up. Matt Painter is the third best coach in the Big Ten. I saw Matt Painter uh, a couple years ago at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, 
and he was he, first of all he's like six seven. He's oh. like a very tall individual. Really, he looks like a big bowling pin. Really, yeah. Uh, but I saw him like standing at the bar, um, like during a media function, and that man. And they had just lost, I think, in the the semifinals or something. I've never seen someone so upset to be standing what out. A loser. He was just drinking the saddest beer and just like you know who he's like. Damn of? it! I'm in my own, I'm two hours from home and I'm just miserable. He's a skinnier Burt Bielema. Oh man! Don't you think? I kind of. I wish he had the same personality as Bert. I wish he was as hateable and lovable at the same time as Bert. But he's just so nondescript. Do you think he he looks like a like a first draft of a Muppet? (laughs) Do you think Bert's going to Bert? Do you think he's gonna? um, What does he do now? Is he gonna be on Big Ten Network or something? Do whatever he wants. Man, he has some. Bert's done so much good for the internet that I'm not sure he ever needs to coach another. He has given us quite a bit. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I'm excited to actually see Foster Lawyer. Somehow we got to Bert Bielema from there, but um, I'm excited to see him play. I think, you know, we love Tum Tum, but I think you're going to see a noticeable uptick on the offensive end with Foster. This kid can stroke. He can score, and he's got handles. Eleventh all time in Michigan high school history in points. That's a lot. There have been some dudes who could put, who could get buckets in yeah. Michigan high school history. This kid's eleventh. Yeah, like come on, pretty good. Move All on. Right. You want to talk about your boy? This is your boy. Yeah. So as much as I think Foster is probably the guy that you see the most, um, I think the guy with the highest ceiling is uh, Marcus Bingham, potentially nicknamed Bingo. We don't know. Oh, I like. You that. won't know it until you get into the game. You have to be yelling. Yes, you have to be screaming it incoherently. Um, but Marcus Bingham, uh, four-star, um, power forward center, I guess. Uh, he reminds me of Adrian Payne. Ooh. Yeah. And not necessarily... Like a deer it, who it, can't it, run? Yeah, but his game is already more refined than Payne's was coming in at Michigan State. Now, I don't think he's as tall and he may not be as explosive. I mean, Payne was a freak of nature. I will always have a very soft spot in my heart for Adrian Payne. I loved him. But uh, I think Bingham has a very similar ceiling and uh, a similar game. And he's not as, you know, Payne was one of those guys where it took him that split, you know, that second to get into his motion and to, to get momentum started. Bingham, to me at least when I watch him, has less of that hesitation. Um, but he's equally skinny. Uh, and, you know, he, he might get pushed around on the block, but he can already shoot the three. And he's got those long arms. So I think he's going to be another shot blocker. I'm, I'm really excited to see him play. So he averaged uh, almost four blocks a game. They lost his, his, his team. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. So his team uh, in the Michigan Class B final lost to Benton Harbor, but he had 21 and 13. I mean, he averaged 18, 10, and four blocks. He had offers, too. It's not like he didn't have offers from other places. You know, it's funny because if you look at this group of, of guys, you're not looking at it and saying, like, whoa, here's your one stud. You're looking at five really solid players with good offer sheets. And Bingham's had Butler, Missouri, OSU, Purdue. Washington hey, Xavier and we uh, we beat out um, rival DePaul. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice change of pace. <laughs> well, we DePaul got us back. On right? Them. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about that. We're, well, that's we'll save that. We'll save that one for the pod when that commitment changes. I was really bummed because I was looking so much uh, 
forward to when we're talking about Romeo memes. Yeah. I was looking so much to yelling, um, a Romeo, <laughs> if you remember from Lil Romeo. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah like, I'm pretty sure I'm a DePaul season ticket holder now just to do that. <laughs> wow. How did you afford that $8 season <laughs> season ticket package? That's incredible. Um, I will say, I, yeah, little, little, little teaser. I, I, if I was a betting man, I would bet that, that, uh, I don't know if that one's going to stick when he watches them win nine games the next year. Oh, Anyways. well, I am a betting man, so where should I put my money? <laughs> so, um, Somewhere legally soon. You know, you, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Adrian Payne. You know how um, things went bad, and he actually got signed in Greece. Wow. And he's playing for, uh, I'm going to crush this name. Yes. Uh, Spanikopita. Pan- that sounds right. Uh, Panathikos, Panathikos, yep, you got it, heard it right here. Uh, anyway, they, uh, play for the championship every single year for the G- Greek Champ sure. League. Um, and they are ranked number five in Euro League. Nice. Of, of all of Europe. Great. So, like, he, they're, they're a very respected team. They play against, uh, Olymp- Olympiakos. Olympiakos. Every, I knew that one. Every year for the Greece championship. Sure crushing this so um that's where he is if you were wondering i was uh i'm glad he's i i, I always root for him um okay so from on from our our who else we got adrian pay comparison to uh the next two guys are, I, are gonna be really interesting they're similar profiles in terms of their positional versatility and that is um gabe aka bubba brown now, that's not an optional nickname. He came in with that nickname. So that is Bubba Brown to you guys. And then uh, <laughs> Aaron Henry, who I am going to call Henny, and there's just no way around it. They're both six, seven small forwards, uh, one from Belleville and the it's other from – Which is Detroit area, same place where uh, Michigan State football recruit uh, Julian Barnett goes to school. Devontae Dobbs, another kid they're recruiting, goes to school there. Um there, Davion Williams, current Michigan State cornerback, also goes to school there. Went to school there. Um, so, little pipeline developing there. But uh, Bubba Brown looks like a really interesting young player, as does Aaron Henry. Both, like I said, both six, seven small forwards. Um, Bubba really got recruited, uh, didn't have a ton of other offers. No. But if you watch his tape, long arms, real skinny right now. Yep. Got a little bit of a stroke, can get to the rack. Um, between him and Henry, Henry's a little bigger, larger profile. I'm not sure Henry is all of six, seven personally. I think he might end up more of a, a big two guard mm-hmm. at like six, six or so. Um, but he's a kid from Indianapolis and he had offers as most Indi- good Indiana kids do from a lot of schools, OSU, uh, Butler, UConn, Indiana, and Xavier. And like, that's solid. To have an Indiana offer from the state of Indiana you is gotta, something. They, they value those. They never get them. Yeah, right. Until this year. Until this year, except for they got Romeo. They did get Uh, it. Sad. Sad. Um, But I, I think those two. We're going to get into this discussion a little more intensely here in the in the minute. But um, where do they fit? We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, you could be talking two, three, four. I mean, you've got uh, a lot of athleticism, um, especially Aaron Henry. If you want to watch his dunk reel, his is real fun. It's fun. Yeah, he can cram. Uh, there may be some hype around him in uh, October Midnight Madness when mm-hmm. he's like cramming people. Yeah, yeah. Well, or when he comes the off the contest. when he comes off the bench against like 
Are we in the Maui? I think we're in the Maui this year, aren't we? Sounds right. Yeah, when he comes off the bench against Chaminade and just, like, yams over two kids. Don't talk about the Silver Stars like that. Now what? They Don't did win that. last year. They they people dumb. forget that. People, oh, yeah. They won, they've won their, <laughs> they won their first game. Good for them. Um, or if he crams when MSG's playing out in Vegas. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, might be there for that one. Might not make it back, but it might be there. So who's your, uh, what's your favorite nickname for Aaron Nellis? I like Henny. Henny's your Yeah, I'm going with Henny. Okay. It's fine. Maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of J.R. Smith. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, got a two more. Uh, yeah. Another kid. We talked about him a little earlier. Foster Lawyer's teammate, uh, Thomas Kithier. Um, really weird situation for him. Really First weird. time, like, maybe I think I've ever heard of where a kid wasn't allowed to play their senior year because of a transfer rule. Um, regardless, he played at Macomb, Dakota, um, his junior year was all state decided to transfer to Clarkston. Um, MHSAA stepped in and said he couldn't, um, sweet. The rest is history. So, uh, like I said, he did play, uh, I think AAU ball. Um, but you know, I think we were going with, he, he could potentially redshirt. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Or coming back changed. A lot of that. It's going to be hard to decide who among these those last three. I think one, maybe two of them end up transferring. Kithier is an interesting story for all the reasons you just stated. But also he's got uh, – his offensive game is like pretty refined at this point. Not a super athlete, but real good shooter. I think the biggest thing with him is like he hasn't – like, yeah, I think he played some AAU ball maybe in the last summer. But like he didn't play. Like he didn't play – organized Mm -hmm. like high school basketball Mm -hmm. the good news i guess is that he did practice with foster lawyer Mm -hmm. literally all year and and played played aau ball with him well and played against uh a big 10 player in taylor curry who went to wisconsin every day true so that was like an actual good player he's one of those guys that he the plan for him might beat a red shirt but if he I just think his learning curve is steeper than others, and it's not to say he can't overcome it, but he's he's facing a bit of a he's a bit of a diamond in the rough. So we'll see about him. And then finally, the sophomore transfer from Robert Morris, Bob Morris. Excuse me, Bob. He's a Bob friend. Mo. Uh, yeah, Braden Burke. So Braden, um, he played high school ball in Michigan in the southwest side of the state of a school called. Stevensville Lakeshore took the team all the way to the st- the championship, which I believe may have been first time they've been there in a very long time. Um, he he signed with Bob Moe, appeared in almost every game, I believe. He started seven, um, played about 15 minutes a game, and then transferred to Michigan State. Knew he was going to sit out last year, and this might be a guy we'll see, depending on um, the status of Kithier, if they, they're looking to redshirt him. A guy that could potentially take a Ben Carter-like role, not a Syracuse game Ben Carter-type role, but a more of a playing... We closed that book, John. Well, <laughs> that scar will never... Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a person that could play spot minutes um, to guard an Ethan Happ type, or uh, to he's worth five fouls. I was just going to say, it's five fouls. Yeah, at this point. We don't know good. much more about him. I mean, listen, we've had been more surprised by other players. Yep. Uh, including one who uh, is in a, almost certainly going to end up starting for us this year. Dovetails nicely. Ooh. Pat myself on the back there. Uh, good transition. Um, <laughs> dovetails nicely into our next conversation. So 
knowing that those new faces are coming in, knowing that Nick Ward is now officially going to be a part of the roster, the roster is set. Um, and frankly, it looks pretty good. Um, but I think the important questions to answer now, and obviously a long ways to go, but it's always fun to speculate, is who's playing? Where are they playing? How much are they playing? So you have 13 guys on scholarship, which is the max, um, and 16 guys on the roster. Your walk-ons are going to be uh, Braden Burke, who we just talked about, uh, Brock Washington, um, who was a, was a walk-on last year as a freshman. I believe, uh, maybe not, I don't remember. And then Jack Hoiberg, son of the mayor. Yes, that's is, correct. Who is on the team. And then you have um, 13 guys on Scully, and we're probably thinking how the rotation at the beginning of the year will go how deep. Uh, I mean, seven deep for sure off the bat. Probably eight. Actually, eight. I'll say eight. But we were actually thinking, at least I was thinking, this might even go uh, 10 or 11. As Guy it's, said at the beginning of the year, we'll see if they get tipped. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. We probably discussed that before this pod, and I just forgot. Okay. But what I want to look at at the very beginning is all anybody wants to know Every year going into the year, it's like who's gonna who's gonna start? Mm-hmm. Who's the starting five? That's right. Um, this year, unlike a lot of years, uh, I think that's almost definitely locked in at this point. Um, I, I think you're looking at a, and the reasons for this are that this team has six players that are juniors or seniors. That's a lot. Yeah. For a collegiate basketball team. Uh, and they're all should probably play. And they're all good enough to play. And then, really, they only have one sophomore who is for sure going to be in the rotation. And the rest are freshmen, which is why I said seven, because that's yep. for sure who's going to be playing. Yep. After that, you probably are still looking at at least two of the freshman players. You probably are. It's probably closer to 9, 10, maybe even 11 at the beginning of the year to see who can make the cut. Um, but I think your starting five are pretty straightforward. you got Cassius Winston, Matt McQuaid, Josh Langford in the backcourt uh, as your point guard and your two wings. Um, I think McQuaid and Langford are kind of interchangeable at the two and the three. McQuaid yep. probably just faces the better ball handler, yep. I would imagine. Well, yeah, unless yeah. Langford got better. Yeah. Right, which is a big deal. Uh, and then the front court. Now, people may get this one, you know, be a little surprised by this, but I think it's for the it's first, pretty obvious. For the first game, I think it's Yeah, uh, it's Kenny Goins and Nick Ward. I mean, Nick Ward's your obviously st- our obvious starter at the five. He mm-hmm. didn't come back to sit on the bench, and he's your best frontcourt player. That's obviously what's going to happen. I think your other frontcourt guy is probably Goins to start. Now, the reason for that from day one is that A, is a senior. B, started many, many times before in his career, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And he gives you that positional defensive, especially that defensive versatility where he can switch and guard a one through a five. That's a really valuable weapon to have. Um, We saw him get a little more comfortable with the jumper last year too. So maybe he gives you a little more spacing with Nick Ward, lets him go to work a little bit more. So starting five, I would imagine for the beginning of the year is really locked in. I think your, your sixth and seventh man are also locked in. Mm -hmm. I think your sixth, your, your best guard, is well, we'll start with the front court. Xavier Tillman is the name that a lot of people bandy about as a where does he fit? I think everybody who watched Michigan State throughout the season last year became away like really impressed with his growth as the season went on. I mean, he got so much better as the year went on to the point where he stole Gavin Schilling's minutes. He did. We saw that uh, Gavin didn't play, and even took uh, for a while Ben Carter and Gavin didn't play. 
Right. And, and, and thus eliminated them from the rotation. Right. No reason to believe that that goes anywhere but up. Right. And with the you know alternatives being Thomas Kithier, Marcus Bingham, and Braden Burke, I don't see any way that yep. it's that not only is Tillman going to be that third big, I, he is going to he's certainly good enough to start. I just I I would imagine everybody feels similarly. His game and Nick Ward's games are very, at least the way they're utilized right now, very similar. It's hard to play them both. It's going to be hard to play them the both together, time. which is going to be an interesting dynamic. I think that's going to be one of the most interesting dynamics on this team. So Tillman's probably your almost definitely your sixth man, and then uh, I think Foster Lawyer. Is probably your first guard off the bench. Um, yep. You'll have a notice, I, again, not to trash Tom Tom. No. I loved him as a person, incredible um, banner carrier for the school at a time when it needs it more than ever. But um, I think you'll see a noticeable uptick in backup point guard play. Well, this is a kid that's going to come in and he can immediately. Um, be a threat on offense, which yes. is which is a uh, change. And <laughs> yes, no, it is not even like a negative. It's just you will see a guy that can come in and um, they're not going to be able to sag off of. Like this is an actual D one shooter, and then um, you know also someone that that could potentially um, play with Cassius Winston, where that gets a little hairy is just seeing how good of a defender Foster is at this level. Yeah, I mean, you already know Cassius Winston, not a, not that fleet of foot. He's more of an Ole it, yeah. defense. <laughs> yeah, he's... The matador sometimes. Right, the okey-doke. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be really... I think you'll definitely see them play in lineups together for stretches. Now, I don't think there's any way... It, you'll see those two and Josh Langford on the court together. <laughs> But it's really interesting because, you know, the part of Cassius Winston's game that was so incredible and wasn't able to be maximized just because Tom was the only other capable point guard was that Cassius was is was the best shooter in the country. Oh, from, yeah. From deep. Phenomenal off the ball. Well, now you have an actual opportunity where he can play shooting guard and not sacrifice anything else on offense, right? Yeah. So that huge is a deal. dynamic, right? So we've got a lot of other... A lot of these young kids, we just talked about Brown, Henry, Bingham, and Kithier, but there is one other senior, one other senior that comes back, and Kyle Arns. There's there's room for him. I mean, there's there absolutely is. room for him. So that's that's going to be a presence that will be needed. Um, whenever you have a veteran that, you know, I know he missed last year, but a guy who has played big in big games and big conference games, that can that value is is, is can't be overstated, especially when you have such. So many freshmen, right? We talked about there are a really heavy core rotation of guys that are juniors and seniors, but um, to have a second unit where you could have a guy that's a senior out there with them at all times, that's that's a positive thing. And he, like Kenny, are very um, capable and like net neutral basketball players, meaning if they're not starting and they come out and they don't hurt you, like – that's rare in college basketball, yeah. where there isn't a significant drop off. You're not going to see a significant drop off when he comes on the floor. So, what do you think? Obviously, like like we've just been pointing out, there's a bit of a glut of of young wings and bigs, and um, you can throw errands into this mix too. Uh, what do you think of those five? If there's one thing that they can do to set themselves apart and put themselves a cut ahead of these other guys, what do you think? 
it is. Well, for me, just knowing who their head coach is right now, it's being a capable defender. Um, Cassius gets to play because he is probably the best vision and the best shooter in the conference, um, even though he can't defend at the standard of which Izzo would like. Everybody else, um, McQuaid figured, learned how to become a defender. That's how he saw the court when he wasn't shooting. Yep. That's the only reason. Um, and then you saw Kenny Goins had to figure out uh, how to defend five or yeah. at the five position. Just guard Isaac Haas. Right. And then so now you have a bunch of freshmen who the only way that – the offense isn't always going to be there at the fre- when you're a freshman. You're still figuring out the game, and it's probably going to be moving a little too fast, especially for guys who are not going to be uh, one-and-dones. So you better figure out how to make yourself an asset on defense. And Bingham probably has the best chance just because of his shot-blocking ability. Mm-hmm. He also has the most likelihood to get stupid fouls because he's been relying on his uh, length to bail him out a lot. So yep. give and take. High yeah. variance with him, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, if I'm Bubba Brown or or, or Henny, Hendog, mm. uh, I, I'm working on being a plus defender from day one. That is exactly right. That's what's going to keep you on the floor. And honestly, if that can happen for Michigan State, I think your ceiling is extremely high. I I mean, like you said, even if all these kids can just be net neutral, Mm -hmm. I still think this is a very good team. But if these are plus defenders, if you can – I mean, honestly, if you feel comfortable with McQuaid scoring and you could end up rolling – you know, you probably get Nick Ward off the off the court in really tough defensive situations. If you rolled a Cassius McQuaid, one of these two guards like a Bubba Brown with a long arm shot blocker, a Kenny Goins, a Bingham, and a Tillman. I mean, that's a lot. That's also six players. Well, we're in really good shape that, if that was. Yeah, if you can play six players, then we're in great shape. But I'm just saying there's a lot of length and a lot of shot blocking and a lot of athleticism in this young core, and it could make this into – a pretty damn good defensive team. Absolutely. You know, the one thing that they're going to have to figure out, and it's good because they're older, is um, when it's winning time, who gets the shot? Yeah. Because you have Nick Ward on the block. I think everyone's comfortable with that. Then you have Cassius Winston, who um, certainly is capable of, of shooting and creating on his own. And then you also have the opportunity to um, run sets for Langford mm-hmm. or at least create space for McQuaid to spot shoot, right? Yeah. So you have, um, and I'm not including Matt in the in the who's going to take the big shot for you. But you have to figure that out, right? Yeah. And is it a pick and roll? Is it? And that's good. It's a good problem. You have multiple guys. I mean, that's also in a one of those situations where maybe you see, if if you can sub offense for defense, maybe you see Lawyer and Winston out there together. Two ball handlers, just to have, by the way, just to have two guys mm-hmm. who can actually get their own shot and create shots for others. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's just those little types of things that's exciting about, about this team next year. And then even... The year after, when you're losing McQuaid and Goins, these other kids that are freshmen that are coming up, yep. they're so athletic. And that 2019 class is looking good. It's exciting, not to get ahead of ourselves, but like this young group, yeah, they're freshmen. Yeah, they're going to be some, there's going to be some steep learning curves. But this is the foundation. You've got the, the beautiful thing about this is you've got the experienced upper class that's ready to win right now. Yep. And these guys are in a position where they don't have to be that right off the bat. Yep. They can grow. And then as sophomores, juniors, seniors, they are going to be able to be experienced for big games. They're going to have two, three, four years of experience. And it's going to be – it's a fun – I think we're going to really enjoy watching this team. 
you know what we will and we talked about last week on the pod we're about um you know it was it was it was the weirdest and, and most difficult 30 win season you've ever seen yep that will not this team probably probably won't win 30 games in the regular season i would be shocked. but it would but it will be a lot somehow more enjoyable I it's think. expectations man right? it's i think we should have high expectations but it might somehow, yeah. I think this is the difference with this team is there will be noticeable growth mm-hmm. because you, you're not. I don't think your guys are all finished products, like kind of like they were coming into last year. Whereas mm-hmm. you got a lot of room for these freshmen to watch them kind of baby deer their way through the first couple of games mm-hmm. and then really grow. You know, I think um, we won't go into full minute breakdowns of what we think here, but um, there's a lot of. There's there's a lot of guys who need a lot of potentially a lot of minutes. So you mentioned, you know, red shirts on the board for a couple of these these guys just because there's not a lot of minutes there. You had a guy and and I know I joke a lot about, um, but Connor George, um, who's a year older. I'm not saying there's time for him on the court, but you you start to see that you have very capable guys even at the three deep yeah. now who could come in and and be uh, capable. It's a good problem. It's a great depth. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun team. I think the where you get and you know, yeah, as we get closer, we'll get more into this. But I think um, that interesting part is gonna be some that mid chunk of your roster. Your point guards and your centers are figured out, and yeah. I think at your starters, your your wings are figured out. But the backup wings and the four, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moldable pieces and a lot of depth you can create, and uh, it's gonna be fun. Should be good. So, um, you know, while we don't know 100% about Michigan State, about who's going to play, we do know that they're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Now Should that, be. Yeah, well, now that Nick's back, I mean, it's it's hard for me to see any way that they are not on anybody's projected um, top three teams in the conference. And for some... They should be. And for some, even um, may, may put them as the best. Um, there are a couple other good teams... Um, Let's start from the bottom. You want to start from the bottom? Yeah. All right. Well, All right. So, we, so we did a little exercise before this, uh, and we kind of went through, and you know, now that all of the, the potential underclassmen declared for the declared. NBA draft have declared or not declared, we thought we'd take a look and uh, super long shot way out look at um, who we, what, you know, kind of what the conference should look like based on those guys that are coming back. We broke them into four different categories. Mm-hmm. We've got um, good teams, which are teams we think will be top four seeds in the NCAA tournament. Decent teams, teams really creative naming on our part. Thank you. Uh, that we think decent teams that we think are tournament teams. Bad teams, which are you know just missing the tournament or firmly in the NIT, and then garbage teams, mm-hmm. which are teams that are uh, garbage. They need to leave. Yeah, they could. They could go. So we should start with garbage teams. Yeah, we're going to start with garbage teams. Let's, let's start from the very bottom, and it's going to shock everybody that's ever watched the Big Ten. But we think the worst team in the Big Ten next year will be, drumroll please, the butt. The one and only Butters. And we're not talking about football, but we could be. We could be. This could be an anything podcast. So, Buckers uh, loses their best player. Um, They're going to return Geo Baker, who you may remember is hitting, like, every ridiculous shot ever at at Michigan State. And Uh, uh, and in the uh, Big Ten tournament. He was incredible. That's the only thing that scares me about that prediction, is that they beat some good teams at the Big Ten tournament. Okay, well, first of all, they were playing at home in New York City. Decent. You remember. Okay. 
You remember yeah, that? at home. Yeah, the home game. That's right. So there was that. Okay. They have uh, they have my, uh, some great names coming into the Big Ten. By the way, very, we're going to go through some other guys true. that are that are coming, um, staying or coming back. But Rutgers, man, they have they lost Corey Sanders, who was their guy. Yeah. They lost Deshaun Freeman, who was nice. If they don't really have, um, you know, Steve, what's his last name? Pickiel. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. Pickel. He took a, a really bad team from Eddie Jordan. Had Corey Sanders, had Deshaun Freeman, had Geo Baker, and did the best he could. What he has this year is Geo Baker. Um, that's about it. And then a, a nice little recruit in uh, Montez Mathis, four-star guard. And then um, a grad transfer who will probably play right away um, from Quinnipiac. They're not great, especially because what you're going to see this year, um, we're going to say overall about the Big Ten, so it'll be a, a better Big Ten than last year. Yeah, which Maybe, isn't difficult to do. But, but, well, better in that it won't be better at the top. No, it'll be much Maybe deeper. At the very top, but it will be much deeper. <clears throat> there will not be as many garbage teams. Yeah, I don't think you'll have an elite team the same way but Michigan State deeper. was last year, or Michigan making the cha- tournament was, or the championship was. And I think we said, you know, Seven Purdue. I mean, shit. There were some really good teams. Seven Ohio State, right? Seven, probably, or maybe even eight NCAA tournament teams on paper. We yeah. see so far. But the other garbage. Let's talk about the trash. Keep going. Uh, You're high. This on these one's guys. so sad for me. Oh, I had because, to talk you off. Uh, no, I mean, listen. They blew it this off season. That is uh, Illinois. I was pretty vocal last year about how I thought Illinois was not that far from being like a tournament contender. Yeah. Tell um, me about and that. then. Everybody left. Brad Underwood just ran everybody out, out of town. Laron Black uh, left. Yeah, man. To, to oh. go. I'm not sure if he's like studying abroad, but he's <laughs> certainly not going pro in the United States. Uh, Michael Fink transfer. Uh, Tijan Lucas transfer. Mark Smith, their prize. Mark over. Smith, Mister Basketball in Illinois. Man, transfer that one. That one. Knowing how last year played out and how much we could have used him, really stinks. Wow. Oh, yeah, that book's never getting close. Who am I kidding? <laughs> it's worse uh, for them. Yeah. Well, it's worse for them, but, man, that stinks for us. Uh, they do bring back bring, bring back uh, Trent Frazier and Kipper Nichols, both players who were pretty good last year. Yeah. And they've got a five-star shooting guard somehow coming in, and Ayo Dosanmu. Yeah, from Morgan. Phenomenal name. Yeah, from Morgan Park. Uh, this is the highest-rated uh, player that Illinois has ever brought in. Ever. Since, wow. since they started doing rankings in, like, however many years. Well, hell, ago. man. Let's see how it works out for him. I mean, that kid's definitely going to get burned. Well, have fun running around. Yeah. Because we have two ball handlers, and right. we only had one last year. So. Yeah, great. Um, We're going to crush you. So, who else is Garb? The, the last team that we have categorized here as garbage is uh, the Gophers of and, Minnesota. And why, though, is because they still have Patino. Yeah, I think so long as... The younger Patino is still there. Uh, really, you, if you a Patino is to... coaching, right anywhere, well, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. So he's coaching, and they don't have. Here's the weird thing: Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy. I think they've been there forever. They have, and they're both really good. They're good. They're good, and they're, they're like all league good. Nate, like those are really, really good players. Nate Mason, I think, did his freshman year in like 2008. Yeah, but he's, he's finally, finally gone. gone. Um, but they also have a five star coming in. Kid from I don't know what's Paul. going on, man. Dude, they're handing out some bags. The bottom of the Big Ten is dropping bags. <laughs> Tino, right man. Yeah, right. Shocking. Uh, Daniel uh, Oturo, five-star center, who will play immediately 
and we think probably between he and uh, Ao from Illinois have a pretty good chance of making the all newcomer team in the Big Ten just like, because they're going to sure so opportunity, much, so much burn. Yeah, so Minnesota, Illinois, and Rutgers make up your garbage. Uh, probably looking at post, you know, below 500 yeah, seasons. Man. Like, really, I don't expect no, much. Bad. Now, this next tier, this is where you can actually get into some interesting conversations, which you could not say about this tier last year mm-hmm. uh, in the Big Ten. We're Now we're in the bad teams. So uh, the bottom most bad team we have here is Northwestern. Yep. The Darlings of two years ago. Uh, they lose a lot. They lose a lot. Bryant McIntosh, Scotty yeah. Lindsey, um, and then that's your backcourt. I mean, that's important. Um, God, who else? Skelly. Yeah. I mean, they bring back Vic Law, really nice. Vic Law, Derek Pardon are both real nice players. And I'm going to warn everyone ahead of time. You may remember from past pods that if people have, if anyone at Michigan State plays that has interned at our company, they will light us up. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, Vic Law was one, and he lit us up. And now we have Aaron Falzone, who comes back. He's interning with us, so chalk it down for twenty five. Yeah, so for the, him the, curb, the Kirby curse. Yep. Sorry, guys. Um, but they, I think, the biggest problem for a team like Northwestern, and one of the things that can set a bad team apart and like make them at least feisty, and you kind of saw it, I guess, with Minnesota last year, but not really. Um, is if you have a point guard. And they don't have a point guard. But they do have a nice coach, which Minnesota does not have. Yes, that's true. And they also have um, the best recruiting class that Northwestern's had in a, maybe ever. Probably ever. Fifth best in the Big Ten this year, depending on where you looked at. A um, couple four-stars coming in who are going to play right away. They have to. So, um, yeah, I mean... I just don't think they're good. I mean, if you don't have... You don't have yeah. I mean, Law and Pardon are nice players, but you're not going to say that they're top... Four players in their position in the entire conference, and if you're going to be not that deep without a point guard, you need some elite level talent. I honestly, the only thing that keeps me from flip flopping them with Minnesota is the coaching. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other because piece. those top two for Minnesota and their best recruiter are all better than Northwestern. And the other piece is Northwestern is um, back in Welsh Ryan, which oh, I forgot about that renovated, and um, people are going to games now. Like Northwestern, um, as you may have seen, their new practice facility for oh, football. Oh, it's sick. They're just putting a ton of money into the into the school, and it's and I feel like the students are showing up now. You know, they're they're good. They'll now. show up more than they did last. Well, year. right, because they're good now in both of those sports. They're respectable. Mm-hmm. Rather. They're respectable, respectable, right? And before they relevant, just, sure. So, um, you know, these these this team and the next two teams we're going to say when Michigan State has to go play on the road, there you're going to say to yourself. Yeah, it's just going to be one of those kind of like, like, ah, shit. Damn it. Yeah, like Michigan State could lose one of those. Exactly, and you're just going to be like, this is dumb. This is so dumb. So the next one uh, we have on the list, and this is only because of the very most recent news we heard, is that Tyler Cook of Iowa is coming back. Yeah, so I this is my team. This is one of the teams that I am now officially more bullish on than this is – this is one of my takes. This is your. I think this this team has a chance to to jump up from bad to decent. This is your this is your refreshed Illinois. Yeah, but just not nearly as fun. <laughs> and, um, well, and, and so here's what so the, here's who they have. Let's talk about. Well, this that's just exactly why they have Bohannon coming back, Luke Garza, who you adore. Uh, I hate 
but I love. Well, yeah, yeah, just like Mo it's Wagner, a love right? Yeah. So, oh God. Yeah. And then uh, a nice uh, shooting guard coming in, um, Joe Weiskamp. Uh, they'll have they have a nice core. They they should compete. What could could hold them back? And this, unfortunately, or whatever, uh, make or break year for Fran McCaffrey. The Fran plan. I mean, you can is entering its final phase. You, you can you can only give a guy so many years, right? Yeah. He's regressed. From you know that. what? They they strike me as a first four team. It feels oh. they feel inevitable in like the Thursday yeah. six p.m. Central yeah. game that eight people watch, or actually that everybody watches because we're also. Desperate. Desperate, yeah. I that that's I think that's their ceiling. But okay. Tyler Cook, I mean, I'm Stunned. listen, really good player. Luca Garza is a legit, close to a seven footer, if not over seven footer, who's got some skill. Motor, got a motor Just, oh, too. God, he's annoying as hell. Um, and Bohanna can shoot the ball from friggin' half court. So you yeah, got, I mean, it's something. It's a good team. Next Go team ahead. up, though. You tell. Talk Next about team that. up is a team that really just got. Kind of screwed. I think they were clearly in the decent team. I might have put them at in, in almost flirting with, well, I wouldn't put them in good. I would put them towards the top of decent, maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the league, um, had this guy come back with Penn State. Tony Carr, who was one of the best players in the Big Ten last year, mm-hmm. didn't go the Nick Ward route. He decided to just straight up declare. Uh, and that sucks for Penn State. Yeah, because I, this team has good players. They were a tournament caliber-ish team last year. So, yeah, they were there. I'm just saying. Like, they weren't but that how, far. They are always that. Ah, but they this was are, a better version of it, and this was the ex- this was supposed to be the junior year version of that. You know, the Josh Reeves, Lamar Stevens, Mike Watkins. You look at trios as it goes in the Big Ten, that's not a bad one. Dude, we, they also have a freshman coming in named Miles Dredd. It helps. That's the dopest thing I've ever heard. Here, Look, we are entering into the eighth year of the Pat Chambers era. In the, Chambers, sorry, cham- oh, I was I misspoke because they were the champions of the NIT <laughs> last year. That's uh, right. They and yeah. so people are hot on them, but yeah. Chambers they got screwed. Eighth year, dude, and no, like I don't. I mean, yeah, but it's also Penn State. Push comes to shove. I don't mm. care. It does. You. you well, I mean, listen, again, he's got a lot of experience now, and I know they've been doing decently in recruiting, so... Well, and they just, literally, just hired Kevin Freeman um, from UConn uh, to be uh, an assistant there. So, so we'll see. I still think they're probably bad. I think they because I don't... Yeah. I don't look at them and think they can be better than last year without Tony Carr. And they didn't make the tournament with him. Yeah. All right. So now we're into the... Decent The teams, teams we think are they, tournament teams. Tournament teams. Now the number, uh, the lowest one on the totem pole we got here, and this one again, I could see them we dropping could, out pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, we could flop. You we know, could. You know, we could do. Well, hey, what is it? May thirtieth. Yeah, we got some time. <laughs> so let's uh, debate this. Ohio State. Now that may come as a surprise to some people because of. I mean, this was a five seed in the tournament last year. They yep. had a Big Ten Player of the Year and K debates Diop. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team loses a lot. This 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 team arguably loses the most uh, in in the entire conference. KBD is gone. Um, Cam Williams, their lights out three point shooter, is gone. Tate, Jay Sean Tate, another guy who feels like he was there for a millennium. Yeah, also out the door. Those are three. I mean, that's your core. Those are probably your three best players. You do bring back CJ Jackson and the Wesson brothers. Yep. Both of whom are good. I mean, that's a good. <laughs> that's a solid They're three. Good. But I. You know, and then you have a couple of 
dope names. Great. You, you, you're there. You go ahead. Yeah. Luther Muhammad, mm-hmm. Jadon Lede, mm-hmm. and J- Justin Arns, Kyle's brother, Kyle's all coming brother. in to play at Ohio State. So I I think Chris Holtman it's deserves great. some benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Because yes. you, you – saw what he did. I would be higher on this team – than the team coming into last year. I mean, last year you looked at the roster and you thought, okay, they have Cam Williams, KBD, like Tate is okay. And like, how are they even going to... And, and, and KBD was a bust until last yeah, year. It, truly, you looked at last year's teams and you said, last year's team, and you probably said to yourself, how are they going to have enough guys like to yeah, feel the they're team? they're like six deep. Yeah, and which is like Very Ohio, Ohio State, State of them. So on brand. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> this year, not as much ceiling talent, but... Yeah. Better. Maybe deeper. And I think, again, Holtman probably deserves some benefit of the doubt. For sure. So next team up. Now, this is your team. This is my team. If your team is uh, Iowa, mine is Nebraska. Nebraska ball. You know, and here's why. I think they return, like, everyone. <laughs> like, seriously. I don't think they lose a single person. Now, they may have lost Anton Gill. Um, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, what? <laughs> they, what they do, what they do have is uh, James Palmer, who tested in the NBA, was first team All Big Ten last year. Yeah, he's people, back. I know that's people, great. He's he, a great player. Um, and this Isaac Copeland, like, damn Copeland too. tested in the NBA, came back. He's a very good player. And then Glenn Watson Jr., who's put, started there for what feels like forever. Yeah, it feels like he's been there for right? a millennium. And then, um, yeah, I'm rarely high on them, but and then you have Thomas Allen, who is. Who was a four star last year, and that's relevant because it was like the only four star they yeah. ever got. I mean, and listen, this team won 20 games last year. They were knocking on the door, right? They, they thought people thought they should have gotten in. It, I think they should have put them in over Syracuse personally. It, well, I think we can find a few listeners that agree. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that Nebraska returns a, a lot. They don't have a lot coming in um, that's going to contribute right away. But Tim Miles, man. But it's Nebraska. You can't expect them to have a lot of reinforcements on the way, and this is this is the team. Yeah. This team, I think, is the one they've been building toward. Yeah, that. How, it, you know. And, well, I mean, I think you put. Tim, I don't know if Tim Miles is really on the hot seat because they won twenty games last year for the first time in forever. But like, you would like to think if you could do that last year and you could bring a lot of guys back, that they should be pretty good. Let's put it this way: if he disappoints with this team, right? Like if they have a real stinker, you could show him the door. Hey. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about guys that have been around for a while. McCaffrey, uh, Chambers, put up or shut up. And now you have Miles, who's entering in year seven. And he's gone to the tournament once. Yeah. I mean, like, now, did he build this program from essentially crap? Yes. Is he 97 and 97 overall as a coach? Yes. So, like, show me something, right? Yeah. And and last year was a good step forward. He's going to have to maintain that. Yeah. So the next team up. Uh, another team that I think is going to take, I think they're very much in in line with Nebraska right at this point. Nebraska might actually take a, go ahead of them, but uh, I think Purdue is sitting here in this decent category. Now, I think for again, this team just like Ohio State loses a lot. They lose mm-hmm. Dakota Mathias, uh, Isaac Haas, uh, Vince Edwards is gone. That's that's a lot of talent. That's those that three. Guys that started for many well, years. P.J. Thompson. P.J. Thompson, that little bulldog. Uh, he's going to be 300 pounds in two years. Guaranteed. <laughs> he's already a bull. I guy. like, I I find little, I find small joys in that the, the last year that was like their team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's great. I love it. And also. Boiler down. Boiler down. You know what's interesting about Purdue, side tangent, like, 
Remember how um, dominant Biggie was for them? Oh yeah. Um, and he didn't. It, he has not. He hasn't. Doesn't play in the NBA. He not doesn't yet. play. Yeah. And that's well. That's year two. And then, um, you know, Haas is going to go there or to the NBA, and he may stiff it mm-hmm. up. You got to start, and maybe I'm forgetting someone huge, but like the the ticking time on on Painter as far as big recruits considering them. No one's making it at the next level, right? Yeah, the only guys, uh, each one more is put together a nice he little career. He's a nice career. That's fair. But, like, you looked at that group of him, Juwan Johnson, and Robbie Hubble, and you thought, okay, the other two are going to be really good. Hubble yeah, got not, screwed. You're totally but right. I thought Juwan Johnson. I always liked Juwan Johnson. Swanigan doesn't play for the Trailblazers, and Moore has a, is a nice player. He's the, decent. He's a nice player for the Pelicans. Yeah. You're ta- that's it. But, it, I, to his credit, the guy who is probably going to leave after this year and might win the Big Ten Player of the Year is Carson Edwards. Yeah, he tested the waters. I don't think he was ever going to go. Oh yeah, but, but like, uh, he might be the best of. The, we'll see where Vincent, he is. We'll see where Vincent Edwards makes it. Right. We'll see. And then, but another person we forgot about Hammonds. He never made it. That's right. Dude didn't play. Yeah. I mean, he played. I mean, he's not even in the league anymore. I don't think. Wow. So. Um, but this, in terms of this team this year, they've got a couple pieces coming back. Carson Edwards is obviously great. Matt Harms flashed a lot. Yep. Uh, the hair. The hair. Especially. The oh, God, we're going to all hate him. Uh, and then Ryan Klein and Nojel Eastern, the guys you just mentioned. Eastern didn't show us much. I think he's going to get a lot more burn this year. Klein's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that's anything great. The guy I'm most excited about for them is the kid that I was hoping would come to Michigan State, Trevion Williams. From Henry Ford from High Henry School. Henry Ford High School, uh, listed at 6'9", 280 pounds. He is also a ball handler. He is some somehow like a combination of Derek Nix and Draymond Green. And it's – I, I, No, dude, I love this kid. You need to watch him play. He is so much – he's so fat right now. You love – He's so fat. I'm sensing a theme with you in heft. I love it. I love big fellas. Big fellas, big fellas. Dude, big fellas that can get creative with the ball, like Xavier Tillman, just for the record, will be he, – he's, he's got a lot more than people know. Um, <laughs> Trevion is is like a big, happy boy. Like, oh, yeah, this is really bleeding into Connor Hayward, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I got to ask, who's your favorite uh, Michigan State player that's in the NFL? I don't know. It was Jarrell Worthy for a long time because okay. he was a big fella. Sure. Do My you... big happy who? I don't know. Levy. I mean, I love Le'Veon. I was gonna. I thought you might go with the old, the only person from the old guard, the big fella, the big Samoan. No, Domata Pecco. I watched him return a touchdown, uh, or return a fumble for a touchdown against Michigan. That used to be the only um, highlight that we could watch as Michigan State fans. Yeah. Ever. And we lost that game. Yeah, we didn't. It sucked. All right, anyways, I don't know if Purdue's any good. Uh, The last team in our decent bracket here, another one that I am more bullish on than you, John, uh, and that I could think end up, I could think could end up finishing third in the conference is Wisconsin. Hashtag real rival. I know they were bad last year. Be bad. Really bad, but they were also very injured. Uh, And I, they, you watched them, especially Michigan State got it as bad as anybody. You watched them get significantly better as the year went on. 
they were really young. Demetrius Trice didn't play last year, and he was real. Good. He was good for them two years ago. Travis he's, brother. Yep, he's back and healthy. You got a lot of really good experience out of guys. I mean, Brad Davison is already the most hated player in the Big Ten, and he's a sophomore next year. Oh boy, um, it's gonna get. Fritzel's ugly. capable. Khalil Iverson's very capable, and one of my favorite under the radar guys. And I said it before we played them last year, and he smoked us in one of those games. Was Aleem Ford? He's a forced, uh, like kind of a stretch four player. Gives them a dimension, and they got Ethan Happ back. Ethan Happ's a first team All Big Ten kid. Yeah. Like that is that. And at the pace that they play, having a center like that, having a bulldog point guard, having multiple guards who can move the ball, and having a real stretch four makes them a tough, a tough dynamic team. And, you know, you've got some more talent ahead of them, but I think that's – they're like a – if we draw the line on good teams at top four seed possibilities, I think they're just outside of that, somewhere yeah. out of five or six. They're bringing in Taylor Curry, who we mentioned played with Foster and Thomas Kidd yes. here in high school. Um, not sure if he's going to play too much, but um, you have another thing on the board that I think is worth considering is Khalil Iverson, yeah, who um, has missed uh, 28 straight three-pointers, I believe. Mm, which not the, great. No, it's not. And I want to look up the... Almost uh, as many as the Rockets missed the other night. hey yo. Keeping it topical. <laughs> so I, I want what I think the uh, record, though, and, and I, it's important, the record for most th- threes missed in a row. He's a, missed 26 in a row. The record uh, is 30 in a row and for a D1 player. You're almost there. Let's do this. You can do it, Khalil. I'm, we'll be tuning in for I that. believe in you. Um, so that thus ends the decent teams. All right. Um, now we're getting to the good stuff. The good teams. If, so th- if you've been keeping track, there are four teams that are going to fall in this bracket. Um, we don't know where Michigan State falls exactly, so we're just considering Michigan but State a good team. We're putting them in this bracket. So there are three more. And we'll we'll both project afterwards. So um, I think we'll start with Maryland. There's Another team that is high on your list. You know, yeah, after we talked about it, they have a lot in Anthony Cowan and uh, Bruno Fernando coming back. But where I'm really high on them is... Uh, Jalen Smith, the five-star center that's coming in, and Aaron Wiggins, the four-star guard. Now, they did. We did find out that uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Herter. Herter's leaving, um, which is a big hit. That stinks for them. That's a real good player. I mean, that was that was that uh, might be the reason that they are not a good team. Yeah. And but um, we'll see. They, he had the second best recruiting class in the Big Ten. Uh, Turgeon did so. And that's a lot of size, Fernando and Smith. Um, Cowan again this is where a great point guard comes in Anthony Cowan's pretty damn good he's good um, what about Justin Jackson he's gone he's gone too believe so jeez that's a br- that's brutal that's why you know that they could have been great yeah I mean they could have been top like best team in the conference see this is why I, I'm not I think we could flip flop them in Wisconsin sure. I don't, or even just drop them out Sure. I think there are there are four or five. That's why I put, I could see them getting up to a four because of Cowan and because of those two bigs. But um, yeah, we'll see how good Fernando turns out. Well, he's a big athlete, and in college, that do you remember how many dunks he missed against Michigan State? Though, like he had so many huge, just monster putbacks that he missed in the game that Michigan he's State 6'10", beat them. He's a, but he's an athlete. He's he's he, a he looks he like he could boom. put on another twenty I mean, pounds. Can, yeah, and like he's good, man. Like they're good. They're good. And so, you know, thus ends the Maryland tribute. Yeah. The next we'll go up is Indiana. Now, this is rare air for them of late. You know, they haven't been up here for a while. But they have a really good core. Um, Let's see. 
they're losing a handful of people, but um, it's all about they're losing Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who is nice. Uh, Tim Priller, <laughs> remember <laughs> the big one? Sure. Not just for me. <laughs> I'm the guy who watches the really late games. Yeah, that's right. Ten. These are my jokes for me. And then, but they come back is Jawan Morgan, first team All Big Ten from last year. Great player. Uh, Deron Davis and Devontae Green, who on their own is just a really nice team. Right, that's yeah, a nice. That's team. a team that can get buckets. Right, and then you add in Rome. Uh, Ro- uh, Say it, Romeo. Weems. I don't know why I put Weems. It's Langford. Oh right. Uh, yeah, Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford, and then you have a couple other uh, four-star uh, guardish. We, we got to give Romeo Langford. This is a really good player. This is this is a potential um, lottery pick next yeah, year. About one hundred percent immediate impact. We're talking like. Probably most likely, or at least the front seat to win um, freshman of the year. There is no, I mean, he was a top five recruit. Mm-hmm. There is, I have never been more certain. I tweeted this the day that he committed. Never been so sure that someone is going to give Michigan State buckets. The, the, He's going to drop 30 on MSU when they play him in Indiana. There's so no question in my mind. You, you may be right. And Archie went from an Indiana being a, you know, potentially the seventh or eighth best team in this conference to a contender just because they not only have guys that can score, mm. returning first team all Big Ten player in Jawan Morgan, and that home crowd that seemingly gives them a few buckets yeah, every Yeah, team. I mean, the, the question with them becomes – uh, well, it's twofold. One, can they defend? They didn't do a whole lot of defending last year. Yep. And the other is those four guys in Green, Davis, Morgan, and Langford are all very good players. But none of them. I mean, you could call Morgan a big. He's six eight. None of these guys are big. So they have no very little size, mm-hmm. and they are all ball dominant players. That's so be a problem. That I, I don't know that that keeps them from winning a lot of games in the Big Ten because if you sure. have four guys who can get people. buckets tune and in. you play with a lot of pace. T- tune into the Indiana-Illinois game. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's going to be – Take geez, the over. Definitely hammer the over. <laughs> hammer the over and hammer Indiana minus whatever it, the score is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So our last team here in the good category is uh, is Michigan. They're going to be good, man. Here's what I'll say about Michigan, and I know everybody hates to hear it here. The only thing that separates us from the animals as fans is giving credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. This is a very good team. They are. They're losing good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Mo man. Wagner. I don't. I, he was really good. I still don't think people realize just how good he truly was. How big of an asset he was to them last year. I feel that way about Miles Bridges. But... Yeah. Well. Yeah. God. Uh, they Ooh. also lose Mar, who or Muhammad El. Yeah, Al-Hur. that's a, a really big, nice. Player. That's a really nice player. A, a, that God, he felt like he was there for a millennium he was. too. And then um, their shooter Duncan Robinson, beyond who was that, who was secretly trash. He was. Yeah, I mean like sneaky, just trash. Sneaky, decent sneaky, defender, sneaky, trash. sneaky bad. But everybody else comes back. Charles Matthews, um, the Kentucky transfer, announced today that he is returning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Xavier Simpson. Jordan Poole, Isaiah Livers, and Teske. It's a nice team. The thing is about this Michigan team last year is that, yeah, they lost They lost some great top-line talent. Livers and Poole were playing tons of minutes for them down the second half of the season. They did. And were two of their better offensive players. And they are – the other part of this whole thing is that the, 
we've officially entered the territory, and we should have entered it years ago if we hadn't already, where you just give John Beeline the benefit of the you doubt. You do. Absolutely, and he's proven it not only with the players that he, he brings in who are usually underrated and now is turning into guys who are properly rated. Are rated. They have, are bringing in uh, Brandon Johns, who is an MSU target. From Lansing. From Lansing. Um, and then they have a shooter, uh, Ignas Brazdik. Yes, I'm going to nice. murder that name. And then uh, David DeJulius, who uh, he and Foster Lawyer are going to have battles for the next four yeah. years, and it's going to be awesome. Yep. Um, I believe DeJulius's team uh, was the only team to beat Clarkson this year. Was he U of D? Yeah. Yeah. So he was the replacement for Cassius then. Is that true? Uh, we made it up if it wasn't. Well, but they it's have a, a really, great storyline. You have not. you have four guys that are, or excuse me, three guys that are coming, and they actually went to East English Village. Oh, okay. Uh, that that demand playing time. Yeah, I mean the the people are going to get mad about Brandon Johns too because when he committed, I mean you hate to lose a kid. Yeah. From Lansing, kid was one of the, you know, finalists for Mister. He might have won Mister Basketball. Um, no, Foster won Mr. Basketball. What am I talking about? Johns was a runner-up for Mr. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you hate to see a guy like that not end up in East Lansing. Yeah. But what I will say is that he made, he made the right choice, not because of the school, but because of his style of play. Because mm-hmm. he is a six-seven, six-eight wing who just loves to shoot threes and doesn't really like to defend. Yeah. If you ever watched his AAU tape or really, I mean, read a lot of the insider write-ups on him, not a not a big fan of defending. Not a big fan of getting rebounds. Wings that play for Michigan State doesn't fit. That's not going to fly. Like, no, I mean, listen, I would love to have him. I'd no love doubt. to have an offensive talent like his. But he's not a huge slasher. He's he's really just a very good three and D. He's going to fill the Duncan Robinson role very nicely right away. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing for them is going to be getting Charles Matthews to shoot better than thirty four percent from three. Yep. Um, and getting something offensively out of Xavier Simpson because otherwise you're Did you're you asking a lot of a lot of young players. But again, it's yeah. I just trust Beeline that he he will figure something out. So um, what it's shaping up to be is some really uh, great battles between MSU and Michigan, not just for this year, but ideally for the years to come. Yeah, I think down the line it'll be really really fun. So here's the million dollar question to you, and then I'll give my take. Uh, where do you think MSU? stacks up in terms of where do you think they should fall in this list so i think um you know we went through a bunch of a bunch of teams some of them some decent players no good teams i think i think they're easily easily in the top three best best teams in the league right now yeah easily um do it. Make a pick. Where they end up, I don't know. Well, not where they end up, but today, if you're stacking these teams up as we're looking at them, just I for this exercise, I don't trust. Here, here's, I don't trust uh, Archie Miller yet. I don't trust Indiana yet. I don't think they could guard either of the bigs for Michigan State. I don't trust uh, Maryland yet because they're going to be pretty reliant on uh, unproven guys. And I don't trust Wisconsin yet because we like to say how you know they're bring everyone back. They bring everyone back from a terrible team. It's true. So uh, I don't trust any of those three until proven otherwise. Um, and Carson Edwards for Purdue can only carry so much of the load, even though he probably is the front runner for Big Ten Player He's of the Year. Roast, probably roast the front MSU's guards at some point this season too. So that said, I don't, I don't. Between Michigan State and Michigan, Michigan is the only team that I like. We talked about. I'm like, yeah, I trust this team. 
just like I trust Michigan State's team based on the fact that they start all seniors and juniors. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to rely on any freshmen to come in and must contribute immediately. But all they if they do, it'll be gravy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put them firmly at number two. Yeah, I think I agree with you for a multitude of reasons. Um, uh, Indiana, yeah, I, again, I just they're going to be fun. They're going to be a fun running gun team. Um, I'm not sure that when push comes to shove, they're going to know how to win. Yep, or win on the road. Or win on the road That's... or guard any bigs. Uh, Maryland, I just won't. I think their lack of wing and scoring depth is going to end up hurting them. And if you're going to face one thing as Michigan State this year, it's a, it's two. I'll take two centers with yeah. Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman and Bingham back there. Wisconsin scares the shit out of me if I'm playing them as Michigan State because that's the type of team that can exploit yep. the youth in the the later parts. And frankly, if if one of our guards comes up dry, yeah, you could lose that game. Michigan State. The thing about the Big Ten this year is I think you could lose any road game, including Rutgers, including maybe not Illinois, including Rutgers. In <laughs> uh, Minnesota. But, the barn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. But the conference is back. The conference is much better than last year. I think you're going to see, yeah, you're going to see a little more parity and, and a very a less clear divide between good and decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put MSU at number two. Firmly at number two. I think they're clearly a step above Indiana, clearly a step above Maryland and Wisconsin. Um, I don't think they're clearly a step behind Michigan. But again, give credit where it's due. The team just went to the national championship. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about the group of teams they had to play to get there and the results of the final game. The team still made the national championship. You're yep. bringing back a lot of guys. You talk about the experience Michigan State has. Yep. Bringing back guys that just had a, did the, thing. the most incredible experience possible, and almost, and uh, you know, it, it they've got a lot of wing depth, a lot of scoring. Um, I think Michigan State has a big advantage in point guard play, but you know, um, at this point, John Beeline's developing talent at a level unrivaled by any Big Ten coach. End of story. I hate to say, I hate to admit it, but until, it's, until knocked off the yeah the he's king, he's king of the hill for now until Izzo you know and one other thing I'll say about this team and then we'll we can let it go I'm going to putting them firmly at number two and one of the reasons I feel so comfortable putting them there is that this team just based on the gen, the general makeup kind of forces Izzo's hand in terms of playing patterns and in terms of who he has to start and in terms of how he has to let his team grow. Mm-hmm. Last year's team, I think the, one of the complaints everybody had was really, honestly, aside from Xavier Tillman, you didn't see anybody get noticeably better as the year went on. Now, part of that is that everybody was always really, really good, and they all stayed really, really good, or just didn't really peak up. But this year, I think you're going to see, I kind of alluded to it earlier, I think you'll see a lot of that growth because it's a younger team, because the seniors are just going to have to take more of a leadership role, and Frankly, your leaders now, they're not freshmen and sophomores anymore. They're yeah. juniors. Like, this is Cassius Winston and Nick Wards. And, and I mean, really, the, it kind of belongs to McQuaid. It kind of belongs to Langford. But I think this is Cassius Winston's team. So, <clears throat> so before you get mad online about you listening to a Michigan State podcast that put Michigan State number two in the conference, hey, man. I want you to have a hard think before you hit those keys. Yeah. And think about the fact that this team, um, 
is firmly number at least number two in the conference, if not opportunity to be the best. And they are losing two lottery picks. Yeah. So uh, that's the stability of your program. That's the stability of this 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 entire uh, team. It's it's amazing. It's it amazing is. that we're able to see that. It's pretty remarkable. And and this conference is much better than it was last it's year. It's going to be a lot better. So uh, it's exciting. So thus ends the longest edition of Rankem that we've done because <laughs> we ranked them all. Yeah. Prop bet to end it. Michigan State's ceiling for the NCAA tournament seed is above or below two and a half. Oh, that's a great line. I'm going to say below. Three is the ceiling for you or uh, lower? No, I think three. Three is the I ceiling. I think if everything goes right, it's probably – yeah, I'll say a three. I mean, like, I guess there's a way in which they could end up as a two, but I, I just look around the country and I think yeah. Kansas, I think Duke, Stud. I think Amazing. Kentucky. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, North, I don't know about North Carolina, but, but you know, um, I'm sure there's a team on the Big 12 that's really good that I'm not, oh, besides Kansas, that I'm not thinking of. Like, Auburn brings uh, everyone back. Uh, Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, SEC is decent. Villanova loses Villanova, yeah, they do, but they bring in a lot of good players. Listen, it's it's. I will stick with three. Makes you a top twelve team, maybe a top nine team. I think that's probably realistically the ceiling. I mean, I also think about the fact that last year's team was a three seed. It's true. And how am I gonna get? It, I can't possibly. I know it's not apples to apples every year, but I can't say that this. Luckily, team's there are be more that opportunities good. for this team to have better wins. That's uh, definitely true. So um, you've never lost a prop bet, but I will <laughs> never forget, and I will definitely not, re- or definitely remember when it's March of next year. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'll, we'll remember, remember this one. prop bet. <laughs> well, in I'll, we'll talk to you guys in nine months. Um, <laughs> all right, well, guys. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, as always, for. John, this has been Austin, and this concludes another episode of The Only Podcast. We will catch you guys uh, in a couple weeks. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.